I'm Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today is Ms. Lungi Mganga Kabashi who is a Member of Parliament, currently serving as Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises, a role that she has held since 2017. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. A good day to you and your listeners. Thank you very much. Ms. Mganga Kabashi, Parliament plays a vital role in democratic countries, whether it is approving government budgets, to providing services for its citizens, to overseeing executive action and permitting public participation. You are currently chairing the Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises. Please, can you tell us more about this committee? This committee has the task to conduct a oversight over the National Department of Public Enterprises that uh, I'm responsible for. And uh, this committee has to ensure that uh, it carries out the mandate. Uh, the, the department does carry carries out the mandate that was given to it by the government. And the committee has to ensure that the Department of Enterprises ensures proper governance over the seven entities state entities or companies within its portfolio. Uh, you recall that uh, those seven uh, entities are Dinel, ESCOM, Transnet, South African Express, Alesco, and Southcon. Of late, uh, FAA has come back uh, from uh, uh, Finance Portfolio Committee to Public Enterprises Committee. And also that the SOEs at to the development mandate of the country by growing the economy they contribute in that space. These developmental objectives include uh, localization, supporting and promoting small and medium enterprises, skills development, and stimulating the economy through capital bid programs. All of those entities that you mentioned provide tremendous infrastructural resource to the country. So a a lot of the work that happens is, in fact, if we look at it from a society point of view, we require electricity, we require our, our transportation, we require freight movements, and all of that is supported by the SOEs. Yes, yes, although I'm not a involved on uh, the transport uh, entities. But yes, in general, yes, you are quite correct. And in terms of the, the the tasks and the objectives of the committee, is it just about governance and ensuring that the the state entities are, are, are doing what they're supposed to be doing? Or is there other elements? There are other elements. Like, uh, it, it's also has the responsibility to see to it that uh, the, the, their strategy also has to involve the, the growing of, of the, 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 the entities and to stretch up to the Africa continent uh, and expand uh, their business uh, in, in, in that uh, space and also get involved in the regional integration 
within the African continent and then make it a priority for South African government contribution to this priority by forging business and relationships with, with other continents, as I've indicated, especially ESCOM and Transnet that are in that space. They participate in, in mutual beneficial infrastructure projects that unlock long-term socioeconomic benefits. And within that benefit structure, is it extending across the entire continent or do we have particular focus areas, sort of um, sub-Saharan Africa? Yes, sub-Saharan Africa is at this stage. Are those about passing on, um, if I can reference it in, in this way, earlier you spoke about looking at growth and expansion strategies of these South African-owned entities, but in looking at prospects into the continent, are these about establishing collaborative partnerships, or is it also about advancing the the South African economy just into a a regional engagement? Yes, I'll I'll, I'll say that because also you will find that the the entities like Dinel in the manufacturer sector, they also to get involved in the areas that are, are under United Nations and other international agencies, and so governments and commercial customers globally. So it's it, 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 some they go beyond the, the continent. One thing I'd like to to ask you um, is about some of the specific programs. So the Department of Public Enterprises, as we've just mentioned, includes several state-owned companies. And the department, I, I quote, says that these are strategic instruments of industrial policy and core players in national growth strategies. Collectively, they contribute to creating efficient and responsive infrastructure. We know that energy transport and manufacturing are important resources in our modern world. So can you tell us a little bit more about some of the critical programs that are affecting these sectors? In fact, maybe we can talk about ESCOM in the energy sector, which is overseeing the world program with the Dubi and the silicon-powered stations being brought online to address a generation capacity and uh, also there's an element of a commercial operation uh, in, in the Dupi uh, that has uh, three units and the uh, wild Kusile has one unit in commercial operation. These four units have a combined installed capacity of a uh, 3,181 megawatts. Uh, is expected to be completed in 2020-21 if everything goes well, while Gusile is projected to be completed in 2020-2023. And the uh, total installed capacity of Fort Metuven Gusile will be about uh, 9,600 9, megawatts once it has been completed. But also there are other activities that are done by Transnet and Dinel, for instance, Transnet and Transport Sector that we have referred to earlier on uh, is overseeing the road to rail program and its objective is to shift rail-friendly flight traffic from road to rail by creating capacity ahead of demand and offering a reliable service. And Dinel 
in the manufacturing sector, as we mentioned earlier, sector that is involved overseas and is division, division mentioned, who is recognized as, as a global leader in solutions for safer environment through the clearance of landmines and explosive uh, remnants of wars. Those are some of the uh, 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 issues that I would say that uh, we are involved, our entities are involved in beyond that. The nature of those look towards increasing capacity, so whether it is about bringing more energy online, uh, then it means that the country's got greater opportunities for growth, looking at transitioning from road to rail. Rail is certainly a more efficient process when it comes through from a freight point of view. So these all seem to be driven towards a sustainable view on the state. Yes, indeed. Now, Ms. Nganga Kabash, what I'd like to do is turn towards a bit of a personal perspective. And as our, our focus of the program is on women, you have held various roles in the ANC's Women League, from serving on the Regional Executive Committee to Acting Deputy Secretary and Secretary, and then being elected as Chairperson of the ANC's Women's League. In your opinion, which areas do you think we need to build on the most to benefit women in the future? Well, I think uh, the most important one is access to education. Because as the old saying that you educate a woman, you empower the nation, you educate educate our whole nation. And also, we have to deal with the unfavorable economic structures, uh, including limited access to banking, and credit facilities and financial skills that involve the skills training, the traditional practices, and uh, at this regard of uh, women's uh, unpaid care work in the family, uh, because we know that uh, women, even if they are unemployed, they still work more than maybe more than eight hours that most of us work uh, when we are employed. But also uh, the lack of gender equality between men and, and women still remains as a, as a challenge. Women are generally poor, poorer than men. Women use more of their own time caring for others than men do. This is made an example of a, being a, a, a housewife but employed more than eight hours a, that that alone resulting in women and this limit, limits women economic opportunities and rights. Women give priority to others while men invest more resources in themselves. Because women tend to share. That's why they, they, you find them in stock files. And they. Also, we have a very high rate of violence against women as we are in December and between November and December, we emphasize on, on, on those areas. This is linked to many other socioeconomic challenges, including poverty and social inequality, dominant ideas of patriarchy, as, as women, it should be said, some men think that uh, we, invite, we invite to be raped because we wear short dresses and short skirts. That's patriarchy widespread abuse of alcohol and drugs, wide availability of legal and illegal guns that kill our women and girl children every day, 
social norms that legitimize the use of violence are prevalent, and in particular, acts such as sexual harassment be at workplace or at home, and sexual violence are still perceived as normal by many South Africans. It's like the woman deserves it, they're invited to that. Those are perceptions that I'm referring to. We need a stronger law enforce, enforcement on, 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 on these areas. When I listen to those those elements that you've you've just mentioned, they all have such a negative impact on women, starting with aspects of the high rate of violence, the disparity in terms of of gender equality, the persistence of poverty, the persistence of patriarchy, the abuse of alcohol and drugs. They all reflect aspects from a socialization perspective. And there's one thing in terms of, of having laws and legislations, but there's another in terms of, of implementing. How do you think we can improve the socialization towards a, a positive vein on the treatment of women in society? I think uh, we have a number of legislation that we can utilize and implement and effect- effectively that could, can contribute in keeping some of the areas that we, we, we have mentioned. And if we can just draw our attention to those, uh, firstly, it's our constitution and uh, the white paper on transformation and also the affirmative action, the white paper on affirmative action, Employment equity and national program on action on women's empowerment and gender equality. The Commission of Gender Equality's framework for transforming gender relations between men and women. Promotion of equity and prevention of unfair discrimination in the place of employment. National policy framework for women's empowerment and gender equality in Southland African region for gender equality. Those are, are some, but some of them we just have to deal with the, the mindset and try and change the mindset that uh, women are there to manage family, bear double burden of work, and they have to manage everything, in, starting from the morning preparing breakfast for men to go to work or brothers and cooks for the entire family, wash clothes, wash utensils, pack lunch for everybody, fill up water and leave for work if they are in a rural area set up. So those are the things that uh, we need and also have to focus on improving education on, 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 on girls and, and women. Uh, to save that, to choose inequality and transform our community. So we so, have to look at changing mindsets, influencing yeah, for mindsets. Women and men, yes. And you, you're right, because if I'm a woman and this is the way my life is, uh, working, doing the unpaid labor, that's what I'm programmed to think my life is and not mm-hmm. recognize that actually there should be a, a more equitable distribution of the unpaid work that I am entitled to human rights, that I am entitled to an education, and there's more to life than just being dictated to. In, in fact, even those women, that uh, maybe they, they might feel that uh, 
it is too late for them to upgrade themselves by attending a night schools, classes, or corresponding. The people that are working in the family, they must say, put together, uh, make contribution to have a package that can form part of the wage for, 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 for the woman who is taking care of them at, at home. Like, like, because that form part of employment. You're so right, and I think it's a responsibility and recognition of what she's done and how her sacrifices have helped you. So in reward or compensation for that, you are assisting her to move up and empower herself. In in fact, that is vision on the NPP 2030 that talks about uh, gender equity and um, that I think together, us as citizens and, and, and government, we can assist as, 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 as a citizen government to realize that, that goal as well. And I often reflect on the, the strategic programs that South Africa has in place, and they, they really are amazing programs. But then I debate and I wonder if people, our general populace, are really aware of what is detailed in those policies? Yes, yes. Uh, that, 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 that's, that, the, the public participation is, is very important and, and, and the provision of a, a, some kind of workshops. And, uh, but, but I think there's a lot. Because that only... The society cannot be educated only through workshops because that sometimes is costly. But it can use all forms of communication through counsellors. It's a ward level, and, and now most of the municipalities have a ward committees that run through the wall to wall ward, and they have ward committees that are. Uh, at the office, important office of, of the speaker of, of each council. And if communication is done through that, and most of the major municipalities, they have the development workers that are, who are, are employed, and we utilize all those tools to communicate with our people and the, 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 the role that is played by the media, be it electronic or... Uh, or uh, print media, uh, electronic, I suppose, include the social media, people like yourself, to have more slots that deals with the empowerment of our people like than the gang and violence type of uh, uh, activity that we see on, on, on our television. Given the, the challenges that we've spoken about in terms of what women experience and, and, and that they encounter, our program is about gender equality. And increasingly, this is a global focus. And looking at the, the challenges as well as the successes that women's legal rights have had to contend with in the last few years, do you think in reality that a future of 50-50 representation can be achieved? It, 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 can, be, it can be achieved. Uh, if uh, all uh, political parties uh, adhere 
to that, at least have an effort to implement 50-50 can be only a, a, a task for a leading party at the time, but I think all the political parties in the front, in, in, in the country, if they would just make that a priority and make it their own policy, but also at a place of uh, employment, if all employers can uh, implement that policy, at 50-50 at all levels, managerial position and uh, executive uh, position, which are the most senior, uh, where you find the CEO, the SO, CFO, the COO, uh, still dominantly male uh, uh, by name. If you can just uh, be able to intervene on that level. But I also... it. it, it Employers and, and political parties, especially the employment sector, I don't think they should wait for someone to intervene, to police them. I think it should be just a norm and a practice and a standard that in this day and age of democracy, we need in our particular a company to have a 50-50 representative. We do have it, but it's not at a satisfactory uh, level. And I think with the ANC, you've proven that it's possible. We've got you've, you apply a fifty-fifty policy uh, in terms of your appointments. We look at this uh, on our cabinet ministers across the portfolio committees. It exists mm-hmm. and it it's proven to be effective. Yes, yes, it it, 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 it is because even as, as chairpersons of committees, they are saying women that are entering workplace. They must also campaign for 50-50 quota system. And even on, on, on a training and development program, they should make their voice heard in terms of uh, redressing the, 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 the imbalances of the past in, in the implementation of affirmative action that we are referring to as uh, an equity, uh, employment equity regulation skills development of employees, especially women, it becomes critical that the, the women must make their voice heard. It, it can't be left to women who are politicians to raise voices only. The NGOs or NPOs are good at that, but the women at a workplace themselves, not only to depend on unions, but because, because in, in most cases, in the, in the senior management positions, because those are part of management of companies, they, they don't join unions because they, they form part of employers. So it's important for them to have their voice within that sector, within that lev- at, at that level of, 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 of management. Because they don't, normally they don't join unions and there is no union that is going to come and speak on their behalf. That's a very important point that you raise and it almost, it dilutes their voice. They don't have a voice because they're not expressing it. And in what I've grown to to understand after doing this this program, it's not just about one person and an individual, it's about a collective that has the influence and can affect change. Yes, in, in fact, it, it just it, even students, 
the parcels, the way they are, they get allocated, uh, they must raise all young and old women. They have a role to play, and they have, they must raise their voices in relation to these uh, uh, challenges. Today, we're talking to Ms. Lungi Mganga Kabashi, who is a Member of Parliament and currently serving as Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Ms. Mganga Kabashi, we are coming towards the latter part of the conversation. In this section, one of the questions that I always ask my guests who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of expertise is about some of the factors that they think have contributed towards their success. Some people talk about hard work, others talk about perseverance, or a particular person that influenced them. In your opinion, what would you say have been some of the key drivers to your success? For me, it's, it's what I've observed when I, I, I was born and raised in a township. It's what I've seen when we were growing up, when ordinary mothers who lost their husbands during a violent period, during apartheid era, when their husbands were killed and they were able to soldier on and raise their kids, being domestic workers and sometimes not even employed or sitting by the gates of a particular school selling fruits and sweets and, and, and chips. And they were able to pay for their school fees and take their children to universities. There were no nephews at the time to assist when the bursaries were there were produced by companies and it's only for the brightest kids in the school and the average children won't be able they wouldn't be able to access those bursaries but those mothers and, and women will see to it that their children are in school forming their social clubs and stock fairs and uh, the cause, there is something that was called Maskolisane. It, it, it means it's like you're putting money together for this month and we give it to you, and the following month it comes to myself and get rotated the whole year. When that amount of, 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 of whatever amount of 10 people put together, women are able to plaster their four room the house to change and, and buy some furniture and and, and con- contribute more on the education of their children. Those, those are my were, were my friends. It sounds like such an incredible network that women establish that they look out and they look after one another as well as their families. Mm. Can you tell us about some of the pivotal moments in your life growing up? Well, what what influenced you in those years? As I indicated that I, I was raised in, in group, grow, grow, grow up in, in the township, grow, grow up in the township. Uh, although I I did not experience dusty roads because Kwamashu uh, roads were hard, but they were uh, were challenged. The first challenge was that uh, 
the abolition facilities were outside. And uh, if you want to release yourself, you have to go from the main house to some distance outside uh, towards the end of, of the fence to, 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 the, to access the abolition facility, which doesn't have, uh, the house that doesn't have hot water, it means the bathroom, uh, which is not a proper bathroom, doesn't have hot, hot water to rinse, and you, you, you run a risk uh, of uh, you can be raped or kidnapped from from the main house to the uh, to access the abortion in the same in your own yard. That's the first thing you can be killed. And and the second thing is that without uh, for many years until we some of us started to work in there was no provision of electricity connected to the houses only the street lights. You grew up uh, using uh, firewood, uh, a stove. And uh, those that can afford uh, have a, a gas stove or a, 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 a size of a, of like a gas and a cylinder and 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 the stove and, and, and the plate for for, for 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 cooking. And you can't even have a fridge because the paraffin fridge is more expensive. The gas fridge is more expensive to maintain. And and those were the difficulties to to grow up some of. Our youth, there are sections in the township where they had the only, not two bedrooms, a two-roomed house. So one room is a kitchen, and at the night it transforms into a bedroom. And the other room is for, it's a dining room, used to be called dining room, not a lounge. It's a dining room, and then at night it's the parents' bedroom. And if you are more than two children and two parents, that that is overcrowded. Even if you come back to a four-roomed house, it's, it's a, a four-roomed house is a two-bedroom, and it used to be called dining room, not lounge. It's a new thing, the lounge and the kitchen. If, if you are more than four, that if, if you, you, there are two girls and two boys, you are forced, or, or a boy and a girl, until at your teenagers you go to work, you share the bedroom. Imagine when you reach a stage of being a, a teenager, uh, you, you get into a cycle of a, a menstruation, and, and there's a boy in the room. You have to find a way of uh, chasing the boy out and be able to have a privacy when you sleep. It's a very uh, difficult uh, situation of of, 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 uh, raising a girl child in in, in that atmosphere. But we are used to it because as we we speak, we still have have those townships. Our people are still living under those conditions. But at some stage, somewhere, somehow, someone, I don't know where, came up with an idea of having outbuildings within those uh, four-roomed house backyard. And when we started working and those that were older than us started to build, construct those uh, two-room uh, two room or three-room out, outside building with blocks and plaster it and look nice, those who don't afford, they put shakes, 
And of course, it, it looks ugly sometimes, sometimes it's neatly done. But that toilet outside and the shower outside is still there. It means people still have to, but unless you, you are well to do, you are able to build beyond, behind your kitchen, a, a, a ablution facility, so extension or you extend, or also extend that four-room house or extend that two-room house. But there are those that are still poor who up to today, those houses were built since started in 1958 to early 60s in phases. As you know, townships were built in phases. And they still live under those conditions because they cannot afford to extend that two-bedroom, that two-roomed house. Others can still unable to extend that forum house or put a an outside building. You've really highlighted the hardships of township living, which, as you say, unfortunately still persist today. Lastly, as we come to the end of the show, as this will be our first show of, of 2019, could you please use this platform to share a few words of inspiration which you'd like to pass on to young women and girls in Africa that are listening to the program? Firstly, let me congratulate in advance uh, those uh, young girls in, in the continent, uh, in Africa, that will be able to pass uh, their metric and uh, we will be able to access uh, bursaries and nephas and uh, whatever they are called in, in other parts of Africa to assist them to further their education. To take and know that their parents can afford to put them into tertiary institutions or institutions of higher learning and training. Just to say that they must take that very seriously. Because you might come from a poor background, a disadvantaged background, but if you have an education, you have a lifetime uh, tool that you can use to further your education, to improve your quality of life, to, to prosper and to compete uh, at, 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 at the highest level of uh, be it politically, academically, academically, and, and everywhere, being a, in, in a highly recognized company uh, in Africa or in the world through education, nothing else, but also wherever you are assigned a position, or deployed or given an opportunity, just shine as a woman, just shine. Don't let anybody to bring you down because you've got the skills. And those that will be unable to achieve such a certificate to or get a diploma, get into vocational training and just identify a trait that you you can excel on and be proud. 
an exam as 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 as, as you wish, and uh, that can keep you going. That you survive and uh, protect you in the whole of your life. Not all of us are a university material, uh, but when we do, when we are in any area of positions, we just have to excel. Thank you for that message of honing your skills, whether it is in formal education or elsewhere, and making use of that to shine. We appreciate you joining us on on the show today. Thank you very much. You're most welcome, and and thank you to you and your viewers and listeners. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. Happy 2019 to you too. Thank you. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Ms. Lungi Nganga Kabashi, who is a member of parliament, currently serving as chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises.